0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we are here with episode number 20. These are, they're flying fast and furious now. Uh, 20 of them already, it's hard to believe. Uh, but we're here with our week two reactions, and then our week three preparation for the upcoming week of the fantasy fantasy season. Uh, before we dive too far into it, we'll say hello to the fellas here we'll send her over to Zach. Zach, uh how was uh how is fantasy week treat you this past week and then maybe tell everybody a little bit about your guys's first week of, of football there at uh at the old high school level.
1: All righty. So fantasy just another another ride on the roller coaster. Couple leagues where I did exceptionally well, put up like 180, 200 points and then other leagues where I think I had like 80 points in one league, so Little, little spray, little, little stream there, you know. So, a little high, a little low. Um, but uh, it's been good for the most part. I'm playing in a guillotine league and I'm really starting to enjoy that as each week you you survive and one uh one team gets the cut. So, then that waiver wire is looking pretty good with names this week like uh CEH and Jonathan Taylor and Tom Brady. So the waiver wire is definitely going to be active tomorrow morning. Uh, and at the high school level, we, we we lost, but we lost to one of the better teams in our division. So it was a good, uh, it was a good test for our team. I think we're only going to be going up from here. So it's exciting to see.
0: Right on. I don't think we see you guys at all this year, but unless maybe run into each other in playoffs, but a couple, a uh, couple common opponents too. So we, uh, for those of you that are unaware, we all play in the Saskatoon uh, second was Triple SAD, I believe yep. the, is the acronym, uh, Football League. So uh, there's the all the teams out of Saskatoon, us, another Prince Albert team, uh, Prince Albert uh, Carlton. And then there's also the North Battle for team as well. So a few out of town teams. So we uh, we had our first game too. I'll maybe let Armin give a quick little recap. Uh, it was not what we anticipated, but we'll take it. But they, neither here nor there. I've already said his name there. We'll shout it out to Armin i fantasy, maybe a little bit about our football season, and then we'll, uh, we'll tee this thing off.
2: All right. Well, fantasy wise, I, uh, went three and four again, but I lost in the the rookie only team that I have. So I'm saying I'm three and three this week. Um, the one league, I'm getting a little frustrated because I am second in points for, but I've lost both my matchups. So, uh, that hurts a little bit, but I'm sure Jordan can, uh, and, uh empathize a little bit there and in, in the league that I commission I won in that league uh, beat Jordan's ass so yeah yeah really beat it out apparently. <laughs> unreal no I was Uh-oh. able to squeak out a win there so that was good and then uh Lamar Jackson uh saved me in one league as well so that was good um as far as football goes like on the actual gridiron there i'll give a little recap of uh our game and it was run 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 and run some more and score 10 touchdowns total so uh, we ended up winning 78 nothing um you know felt bad for the team across from us um we we put in our juniors early and you just you do what you can do to kind of help and make sure that it doesn't run out of control there, but it, it kind of did a little bit. So, um,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a big one for the boys It's two years of no football and well, we didn't know what to expect and get out there and we're running a brand new offense. It's very, uh, I guess in the, in the States game, it's even still pretty rare to see it in the United States, but it's like extremely, extremely rare here in Canada. And we, we did a coaching conference with the coach out of Ontario that's uh, helping us run this new system. And we weren't too sure what to expect so we haven't really seen it live yet. And yeah, it's, uh, it's all based on deception and it went pretty, pretty well for the boys. That's for sure. So. yeah, um,
2: We even had uh, officials telling us that they didn't know where the ball was. So, yeah. you know, that's a pretty good, good sign.
0: Yeah. It's always good to always get week one, when you're already kind of looking a little polished, even though we are far from it. So um before we get started here uh i forgot to do this last week so i do apologize as the draw happened after week one but i'm going to give the little shout out now to everybody who did the dj Moore uh season kickoff jersey uh draw thank you very much for everybody who's sharing the accounts uh everybody there's a couple of people that put out some kind words there so we really appreciate that uh but a big shout out to liam humphreys liam was our winner of the dj Moore jersey uh so we'll be sending that out to him and hope to get a picture with him Uh, A picture of him, I guess, with the signed jersey. And we'll be able to throw that one up there on the uh, social media. So thank you, everybody, for participation uh, in the draw. But even bigger, thank you, to and congratulations to Liam Humphrey. So I guess uh, we might as well get this thing going. Uh, We got our insiders and headliners. And this one is the quarterback purgatory, I'm going to call it, because it was a tough go for some quarterbacks this past week. I'm going to list off a couple here and then we'll maybe dive into a few of what this means moving forward. But we've got Andy Dalton with an ankle injury. Uh, Fields is taking first team reps. Carson Wetz, both ankles. And it's uh, as defined as pretty bad. And it is very unclear whether he'll be available. Uh, So that means Jacob Eason has been taking QB1 reps. Baker Mayfield, the shoulder. Uh, That's his, his availability is up in the air. Tua, bruised ribs, same thing. Availability up in the air, and Jacoby Brissett has been taking those first team reps. And Tyrod Taylor with a extremely, extremely bad pull to hamstring, and he is out for a long-term timetable. So uh QB purgatory, not great. They are especially a couple of guys here that's um like guys like Andy Dalton, guys like Tyrod Taylor that are fighting to maintain their starting positions and will most likely be losing those to rookies, i.e. fields. And, um, oh geez, the quarterback out of, uh, Mills. thank you very much. Mills. both rookies Mills. um, maybe not as hyped up as much, but, uh, well, he will be the starting quarterback moving forward here for the Houston Texans. So, uh, I know Zach, maybe you might want to talk about that fields one. Cause I know you took a little shot at him as a late round quarterback to maybe, uh, to help you out in a two Q league. Maybe you want to take a little message about what, uh, what Fields might be bringing to, uh, the Chicago Bears and that was my uh the plan
1: all along um not for for Andy Dalton to lose his job because of injury but I figured sooner or later Fields would take over because it's Andy Dalton and it's 2021 um so uh it's too bad for Andy Dalton that it happened so soon but I'm sitting I think I'm sitting pretty uh pretty good right now having Uh, Fields is my QB three in a super flex draft. Um, he brings all the talent in the world to the QB position. Um, human joystick. He's that cheat code, uh, that we talk about all the time. He can run the ball. Um, he didn't run the ball a whole lot at Ohio state, but he can certainly run the ball. Um, and he has significant arm talent. So I would imagine not this week, not next week, but eventually maybe midway through the season after a couple of starts, they start seeing some really eye popping numbers from fields. Yeah, and we, he's, he's a QB that you could probably get off the waiver wire right now. Yeah, Certainly in one QB leagues, I, I would imagine.
0: The, uh We're going to get to studs and duds here in a little bit here, but I mean, you can definitely put Allen Robinson's name in the duds category for the last two weeks. So I'm just hoping that that fields is going to be able to bring a little bit of emphasis to the passing game, because as of right now, they've been relying on Montgomery quite a bit, which is not a bad thing, but eventually teams are going to queue in on that and you're not passing the ball. So hopefully we we'll start seeing some fantasy numbers from the Chicago Bears receiving options because they definitely have some, some guys that are definitely worth mentioning too. So hopefully that'll help out a little bit as well.
1: And I think it could help uh, the Monty owners too um, if they choose to use Fields in an RPO style. Um, Fields has all the... The talent in the world to to keep that uh, RPO, so that might open up lanes more so for Monty than with uh, with Dalton behind
0: center. Definitely agree with you. Uh, the Carson Wentz one, I mean, that's just market down. He just can't, the guy can't stay healthy, so obviously that's going to Jacob Eason. We haven't really got to see much from him, uh, so that's obviously going to be a downgrade for the receivers until proven otherwise. Baker Mayfield, uh, I'm going to also mention here too. Um Jarvis Landry uh went down with a pretty bad knee injury. So not only Baker Mayfield, but obviously Jarvis Landry are both questionable here. I mean, we've talked about it a few times there. Obviously, Armin is big on that run game. the, the, the offense runs through that the, through the run game, but if you can't pass the ball, that's uh it's it's not gonna be great for, for for Cleveland there. So hopefully Baker's back and ready to go sooner rather than later. But uh I guess obviously the passing the passing options aren't great to begin with, anyways, like OBJ. The rumor is that he's going to be back and starting this week. I mean, he's been he's been hurt for how long now? So I can't imagine he's going to step into a huge role that week one. So I think you're going to see a lot of ground and pound out of Cleveland here this upcoming week. So um, talking about ground and pound, Daryl Henderson uh, from the Los Angeles Rams, the starting running back for the Los Angeles Rams. He is now has a rib injury, bruised ribs, and he's questionable to play. He exited the game and did not return, which fired up Sony Michelle. And actually, I'll give it to him; he actually didn't look too bad. Old Sony Michelle kind of looked like a little bit of the playoff action from New England back there. It looks like he still got a little yeah. bit. So, hopefully, he can uh, maybe carry the load a little bit. So that's definitely a name to be throwing around. If I mean, once Lincecum will mention that the waiver wire does go through uh, in the morning when we drop our podcast. So if you're listening to us maybe early in the morning and that waiver wire is dropped, or maybe having the waiver wire hasn't gone through, or the names I'm mentioning that maybe your league didn't pick up. That's definitely somebody that'd be worth mentioning, Sony Michelle, because that uh that Los Angeles Ram offense looks legit. Like they are moving the ball like nobody's business. Um last one here we'll mention before we move into the weekly recap is um usually don't talk about these guys too much, but I think it's worth mentioning that Alex Leatherwood uh he has an oblique injury and he's from obviously if you if you're unfamiliar he's with the Raiders. Uh so this hurts the run game even more. So a run game that was a lot of question marks to begin with, uh, I think is going to be another downgrade. The, the one thing I will mention too is he, he protects Derek Carr, who has been slinging the ball right now. He is leading the league in passing sure, yards. So it's uh just like everybody chalked it up, Derek Carr, QB1 passing yards. Like if he's, uh, if he's your QB2 in a super flex league, I think you're chuckling right now, but he's definitely a guy that can be thrown around here in a super flex. You are uh, or even like a one Q, I guess, as your QB one. You had him in uh Scott Fish. Is that correct, Zach?
1: Yeah, he was actually might have been QB three
0: Unreal. drafted. Yeah, drafted
1: him as QB three, but he's certainly not QB two now. Yeah, for yeah. sure.
0: <laughs> oh man, he is he's proven everybody wrong. There was that's was a talk of the offseason that's put up or shut up, lose your job kind of thing. And he's definitely putting up some solid numbers. So um that'll do it for insiders and headliners. Uh, We're moving forward into a little bit of our weekly recap here, Uh, and before we get going there, uh, we're mentioning we are making a few transitions a little bit. Uh, We did make this transition last episode. Instead of going over uh, a bunch of guys, we'll just go over one stud and one dud guy that we're very happy with their production, and then somebody that we are uh, not super happy. So, uh, my stud of the week. I will start it off by going with one of my favorite receivers going into this this off season, I'm going with Terry McLaurin. And one of the things that I think was very interesting about Terry McLaurin was I didn't have a whole heck of a lot of confidence in him this week. Um, I really like him a lot. But one of the reasons why I like Terry so much was because that um, he had Ryan Fitzpatrick helping him out. Ryan Fitzpatrick was ready to go. He was primed up for a big season, got hurt. Okay, so then we had to go with Taylor Heineke. We don't really know what Heineke is all about. We've seen a little bit of in the pre, in the playoffs against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but we weren't exactly sure what we're going to see from them this week. And Terry McLaurin went banana lands on Thursday night football. So I was pretty happy to be watching this because we, we played Thursday night, uh, our foot like our, our high school football team. So as we were playing, um, my phone's going off, the game's over. I look at my phone. And I was like, oh, this was a half decent football game. I watched like last little bit. I'm like, oh my goodness, Terry McLaurin! Like, are you kidding? He put up 11 receptions for 107 yards uh, and one TD. So he had a monster week. Depending on your scoring, uh, in my scoring, he ended up putting, I believe, his 26 and a half fantasy points. Uh, so that is a fabulous way to start your Thursday. Uh, definitely in your week two, you get those big points. The so Thursday you're set up for moving forward for the rest of the week. So my stud of the week is Terry McLaurin. Uh, let's go to the next one here. Let's go Zach, your stud of the week.
1: So my stud, uh, fresh off a monster performance last night or Monday night is Aaron Jones. Uh, yesterday after football practice, I was joking around with some of the guys as we were leaving that I was down 70 points in, uh, in my matchup and I had Aaron Jones left and Deandre Swift and Yahoo gave me like a 2% chance of winning um aside from dropping the the mandatory so you're telling me there's a chance line
2: yes um
1: i told the guys like all i need is you know 36 from from each guy and i i got it taken care of no sweat well aaron jones came out he took care of business he put up 38 and a half points for me um unfortunately swift couldn't carry the mail (laughs) and uh i still lost for me man I still lost like by 20 points or something ridiculous. Uh, but Aaron Jones, he had 115 scrimmage yards, six receptions and count them out Not one, not two, not three, but four touchdowns. Um, wasn't watching the game much last night. I was doing some schoolwork, but it seemed like every time I would check up on the game, the Packers would have another score and sure as hell, uh, Aaron Jones popped one in the end zone. So huge game for him. Uh, It's looking more and more like that uh, the offense runs through Aaron Jones, uh, both on the ground and, um, you know, with his six targets and six receptions through the air as well, especially in the red area. So Aaron Jones was an absolute stud this weekend.
0: Yeah, you can stop my lines and my my ego is bruised enough. Oh, man, watch. So I... I'm going to sidetrack a sec here, but I'm in, uh, I'm in a group chat with a couple of buddies that I ref hockey with. And, and one of them, I grew up, he's one of my like best buddies from, uh, from Battleford grew up together. And the other one's a good buddy of mine from Saskatoon and they're both Packers fans. And every year we'd always do a little side bet side wager about Packers versus Lions games. And this was like, obviously a couple of years back when the Lions like had a sniff and like maybe could win. <laughs> I made a stupid bet last year. It was like, they didn't even stand a chance. I think we lost by like 50, but. Didn't do a bet this year. Uh, obviously, couldn't catch much of the games. We had practice, got home, just caught the last bit of the second quarter, and then got to watch the remainder. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, what is happening right now? Like, I'm texting him. I'm like, okay, first of all, I didn't even think we stand a chance, let alone be up at halftime. And there you can see they're kind of panicking, not panicking, but they're like, oh man, like what's going on? Like right after the, got the boots laid to them in week one, all of a sudden the lines are hanging around week two. I was like, oh man, like what is going on? <laughs> and then unfortunately we go and fourth down, didn't have the greatest read. Smash out was open there. We tried going for that little fade, didn't hit it. And then we had, I think, went from fourth down, turnover, fumble, pick, fumble ball game so it's like yeah it's not good <laughs> when it rains it pours right yeah we, we wasted all the magic in the first half but oh man uh anyway sorry to interrupt there this is a good little good good little side humor there as they were rinsing me at the end of the football game it's like yeah you guys weren't saying this at this in the first half but you can definitely pour it on in the second half
2: <laughs>
0: uh armin your stud of the week
2: all right so i went with my stud as tony Pollard. The reason is, is yeah, he didn't put up 30 points like your guys' or whatever. But uh, a lot of people probably didn't start him. So his value this week was huge, putting up um, 21.5 fantasy points. He rushed up for over 100 yards, scored a touchdown, had three receptions for 31 receiving yards. Um, he averaged over eight yards per carry, which is pretty wild to think um so he uh he looked pretty good out there he uh outplayed zeke and like if you started him good on you because he rewarded you big time and that's uh that's a high value uh pick there way above what his adp would be for what he's putting up for points for you down on
0: this week at least yeah looking to carry some standalone value there that's He's, those are the those are the types of handcuffs that you like. They have a little standalone value, but they can also still put up some put up some big numbers. And usually you only see the big numbers when there's an injury and they're the they have the backfield to themselves. But yeah, Tony Pollard have himself a nice little week.
2: Man, he he looks better than Zeke right now. Like he looks explosive and Zeke just kind of like he's
0: running through water. I think both of you guys had that hot take and I said if that happens, I cry and it's looking looking legit. <laughs> looking looking legit um okay well uh a couple honorable mentions here for studs too i'll go through i had some big games buffalo's defense put up quite a few points mark jackson had another uh incredible game especially in the second half there he was going into
2: halftime with minus points in some formats
0: yeah and then he put up some significant numbers to finish off the uh the second half there over 30 points uh dj moore had a pretty big week derrick henry uh, had a pretty bad week one, but then stepped it up in a big way in week two and single-handedly won some people some weeks. Speaking of week and winning weeks, Cooper Cup is continuously doing that if you have him on your team. Tyler Lockett uh, put up another big week. Every time that ball's in the air, it's like, uh, oh, Tyler Lockett's getting a touchdown. It's pretty automatic at this point. Uh, Kyler Murray had a big week. And then a little shout-out, uh, we don't have many kickers in our leagues in in the 306 fantasy football, but if you do and you started Graham Gonneau, uh, Zach made sure we threw his name in there. We have 16 points. Is that correct, Zach? It was like 20, even better. So <laughs> there you go. It's nice. Nice when a kicker is single handedly winning you weeks. And I'll give a shout out to, to Matt Prater. He kicked like a 62 yarder, so a little not bad week there, too. If you started, uh, Matt Prater, you know, went 22 points. Yeah, that's more than most of these guys we're talking about right now. Like, yeah, that's uh, Kickers, it was a wild, wild position. The guys that picked him up in uh, Scott Fisher, Love and Life. Oh,
1: man. Unreal. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, Duds of the week. I will start mine off. And uh, after I talk about this one, I want to do a little heat check there at uh, Zach's. I know he's got him in a dynasty league or two. So uh, my dud of the week is George Kittle. Um, and unfortunately, he had a tough week. Uh, playing against the Eagles, which it looks looking like the Eagles defense might be legit, but they uh, they usually have a pretty poor defense against tight ends. So even though they haven't had significant numbers against them, you look historically, the Eagles have given up quite a few points to the tight end. So you're looking at this situation where it's like, okay, no, maybe even a stream of the week you could get going in there. But then you look at a guy like George Kittle, this should be a smash play. Play against the Lions, he put up 9.8. Nothing crazy. He had four receptions for 78 yards on five targets. Okay. You probably spent a second, if maybe at the latest, a third round pick on George Kittle in Dynasty. He is one of the most highly valued players. Okay. He's going to bounce back against the Eagles. No problem. Okay. The Lions got blown out. Maybe, uh, maybe they're going to utilize them in, against the Eagles and when they need them a little bit more. Okay. Well, once again, not the case. Four targets, four receptions for a total of 17 yards putting up 1.70 points. Uh that's not going to get it done and that is not what you're looking for from your well, first round, second round depending on uh depending on what you got, I'm like depending on like maybe what I'm in the middle second, late second, I don't know, but when you burn an early pick on a tight end, you're looking at huge numbers. Uh even Waller had a bit of a down week too, but Uh, Obviously, a guy like Kittle, you're expecting big numbers. You're expecting Kelsey numbers, uh, not 1.7. That's, uh, I think, numbers that you're looking at, like the tight end, 30, tight end, 35 of the week, which is not great. So, uh, George Kittle, my dud of the week. But, Zach, what's uh, what's your heat check here? A guy that should be putting up some big numbers and helping your dynasty team make a big push here, but uh, maybe not doing so much.
1: Well, George Kittle can join probably, you know, half of that dynasty team is underperforming right now. It's a, it's a site that you don't want to see. Um, but uh, with George Kittle, especially in dynasty, um, I'm just going to hold, I think, unless I'm absolutely blown away with a trade offer. Um, if somebody came to me like today and offered me maybe like a, a good young stud and like a first round pick or something like that, I might be interested depending what I have for for depth behind Kittle. But at this point, after what we've seen so far through the first two weeks, chances are whatever offer you receive, it's not going to be fair value. Um, So just hold and hope for for a brighter future with Kittle. Uh, And redraft, yeah, like you said, if you invest that kind of capital, that second or third round capital, you're, you're expecting a whole lot more than one point um, so maybe see what you can find in the waiver wire and, uh, don't get rid of Kittle yet, but <laughs> start looking for somebody that you can play this week until Kittle, uh, you know, kind of bounces back.
0: Yeah. it's uh, even in a redraft situation, would you look to try and maybe, uh, cut your losses there, Zach, or are you let I mean, say, for example, if somebody offered you, let's go with like a Noah Fant and like a startable option.
1: If, if that startable option is somebody that can realistically start for me, um, at a position, of need, and it's Noah Fant, yeah, I might be, I might consider that. But if it's somebody like, shoot, I don't know, like Nelson Aguilar, and I just have a sh- a crappy um, receiving core to begin with, I'm probably not going to make that trade because I can probably find somebody of greater value than Nelson Aguilar, um, on the waiver wire.
0: Yeah. He's not really moving the needle for you. Right. Yeah.
1: But if I'm, you know, if I'm in a position where Mike Davis is my RB two, and I don't have an RB three of note and I'm, you know, I really need that second RB. If somebody offered me, I don't know, Noah Fant and like Damian Harris, that might be enough to make me think, well, this clearly isn't working out. Let's just hit reset. Let's get a new starter at uh, two spots and let's move
0: it along. For sure. Well, now I'm going to keep uh, keep you on the mic here. Let's hear your dot of the week while, while we throw it right back at you.
1: All right. So this is uh, it's going to go back to what we talked about uh, at the start of the show about Justin Fields and Andy Dalton. Um, but Alan Robinson put up a, a low-key stinker of a game. Um, I have Robinson in a couple of leagues, and he hasn't been awful, but he certainly hasn't been um, the player that I drafted as a receiver one or receiver two um, in August. Um, He scored a touchdown this week, but if you take that touchdown away, his stat line reads as four targets, two receptions, and 24 receiving yards in half point leagues, that would get you uh well 3.4 points. Uh like we said about Kittle, that's not what you want out of your your starting wide receivers. Um thank God he got that touchdown. Um that took him from 3.4 points to 9.4, which that's not what you want out of your receiver one or receiver two, but it's probably not going to crush you as long as your other starters show up.
0: Um, I have him in a couple of dynasty leagues and I'm hitting the panic button a little bit. <laughs> See, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, I guess it depends
1: where you, where you are in, in dynasty. I think if you're, if you're in a win now and you can move them for like an equal piece, then you do whatever you got to do to win. But if you're, if you're kind of middle of the road or you're, on the on the up and you're trying to rebuild. I just hold on. Like Justin Fields could unlock this passing game. Like um I think Fields is going to be the answer to this problem. Um because it's certainly not Andy Dalton. Like it sounds like I hate Andy Dalton. I don't I think he's a fine person. <laughs> he has really nice hair. Yeah but, his,
0: his beard's handsome too handsome yeah, like, beard.
1: As a as a quarterback he's just not moving the needle enough.
0: I uh, What you described, that option one, that's me. I finished, I think, second, second, and third in this league three years straight. So I'm very win now, and I made a move last year to actually acquire Allen Robinson, thinking that, okay, he'll give me that steady floor with high upside, and I'm getting him with Hopkins in, like, a pretty big trade. And Hopkins is definitely doing his part, but Allen Robinson, oh, woof. Like, I ha- I'm still 2-0 in that league, so I'm hoping to be able to hold on a little bit and, like you mentioned, have that little Return as we start to the resurgence of the Chicago Bears. If not, I'm going to be trying to sell a sell, a, have a fire sale to try and get something that at least moves the needle for a win now situation. So, that being said, Armin, let's hear your debt of the week.
2: Okay, my debt of the week. I debated going with someone who got less fantasy points, but I just had to put this guy out there because his efficiency was just awful. And that's Kenyon Drake. He scored eight fantasy points. Um, so not a great week, but it's not like the worst week in the world. But man, like he rushed for under two yards for carry and then he had a few receptions, but they were all like he averaged under 10 yards per reception. It was just terrible efficiency. You don't want to see that uh, and he's backing up Josh Jacobs and they started leaning on Ken or on, uh, Barber there at the end. So, um, yeah, can't trust Drake. That was a dud, just an absolute stinker. And he had the opportunity there to, to take that backfield and, and try to make it his own. And he did
0: not come close. <laughs> yeah. Not what you want. Um, I would even like well, you're pretty high on Jacobs to begin with, right? And you thought that uh, he that he wasn't going to eat into Jacobs too much, correct?
2: Yeah, I didn't think he would. And yeah, when Jacobs comes back, I don't see them putting Drake on the field much.
0: Yeah, I uh, I kind of agree with you. I just I just man, I hope Jacobs can come back healthy. And this the poor guys can't stay healthy. No. a little nicked up. A couple other duds to mention here before we move on. Uh, a couple of guys that had a little tough weeks. Uh, Jameis Winston, after his uh, big hero week, kind of got brought back to reality a little bit. Uh, DK Metcalf, that's those are going to happen when you throw Tyler Lockett 65 yard touchdowns, you don't get to have any more offensive plays, so uh, DK Metcalf, unfortunately, had a bit of a tough week. Antonio Gibson, Saquon Barkley, Joe Mixon, Trevor Lawrence, they, the list goes on and on. There's quite a few big names that unfortunately had bad weeks, but uh, this is fantasy football, and if we could predict all the bad weeks, we would be one of the best fantasy players in the world. So that's unfortunately some of the lumps, like Zach mentioned, the highs and the lows of fantasy. Sometimes your your big players I'll let you down. So that unfortunately was one of those weeks. But can I add
1: one more name? Yep. So in in a best ball league that the three of us are in, um, Zach Wilson is one of my quarterbacks, and uh, okay. so it, it just it it inserts the highest scores at the end of the week as your, as your starters, like any best ball league. But if you check on the, the scores throughout the game or sorry, throughout the week, it'll just put the, the most active players into your, uh, your fluid starting lineup. And at one point I looked in there and I must not have had any other quarterbacks play at that time. But I had Zach Wilson as my st- one of my starting cues, and he had like negative eleven point eight. Nice. Yeah, that, like, that,
0: that league is minus four <laughs> points for a pick.
1: Like why? Like, don't start him. Like, like don't start a quarterback then. Like,
0: <laughs> oh man. Hey, at least your Pat. At least your Pat's got to rip them apart though. So oh, that's what it nice. was.
1: I was having a field day. Like, I was. I was he was My best self. I was.
0: <laughs> Those poor I, Jets are seeing ghosts yeah. again.
1: My dog was terrified because every time Wilson would throw a pick and I'd just be fist pumping, like, trying to high-five nobody, but my dog was just, like, all skittish.
0: Yeah, tough tough day for a Jets fan, I guess. Yeah. Um, Before we get moving along here, I'm going to tell a bit of a story here that I think a lot of fantasy people can relate to, and this is called the fantasy tilt. For those of you unfamiliar, it's when you catch a bad break, when the player gets injured or when you are drafting and something goes wrong or when you lose a tough one on a Monday night. And that unfortunately was, <laughs> I was feeling this morning and me and Armin were playing each other in the league that Armin commission is in. He mentioned it already. He beat me two no an baby. He, he had the, he had the, I guess the cojones to text me and say, Oh, I didn't even watch. Tell me what happened. (laughs) I had to text him in our group chat and tell him exactly how I lost. So thanks, Ironman, for that. So I had, I can't remember what the point lead was, but it was decent enough to the point where I was like, okay, like Swift. He had Swift left, so obviously Detroit Lion. I think I had about a eight-point lead. So it was like could happen, may not happen, depending on what happens, how good Green Bay's defense is going to look. And I had, well, he had a bad, 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 bad game. I think he only had like three points, four points. Final drive, two minutes left. I'm like, oh yeah. (laughs) I think Sleeper was giving me a 99% chance win. Like he was like, (laughs) last drive. That's why I stopped watching. I had to go to bed. I was like, ah, it's done. Swift puts out like three or four receptions for like 60 some yards. Gets like six and a half points or something like that. And beats me by under one point. Like, the worst part about that league is I'm the number, I think I'm tied for second for the most points in the league, and I'm 0-2. Like, just yeah. brutal, brutal, brutal. Out in victory, my Lions lost in not a great fashion, and it was a lion single-handedly beat me in one of my, <laughs> my fantasy leagues. So, catch 22, I guess, but.
2: That's uh, that's revenge for playoffs in the St. Mary League last year. I know oh, I yeah. won't see you we'll, in that league this year, so I had to do it somewhere else.
0: We'll have to tell that story, because that one was, that, that was probably one of my favorite moments of fantasy football my entire life. It that was, was not a Baltimore We'll tell it another day. I can't, we want to take too much time, but it was in that Baltimore uh, Cleveland game, where it was back and forth, back and forth. And it was in the first week of playoffs and it was absolute like, it was wild. Like the ranges of emotions, like my fiance was watching the game with me and I'm screaming at the TV, throwing my phone jump. Like it was, it was bananas, but well, We'll save that one for another time. It was it yeah. was unbelievable. Um, Speaking before we, of unbelievable. Yeah, before we move on here, I want to hear your guys' take on one of my trades I made and we'll we'll share with everybody. I'm in a win now situation. Uh I moved Mark Andrews for a and a first for Travis Kelsey. And I want to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Not necessarily win now, but I definitely have the capability to win. I have a nice young team that's talented. Uh, backbone by like Dak Prescott, C.D. Lamb, Terry McLaurin, uh, some young running backs, but I definitely have the capability to win. So I want to hear your guys' two cents. I fear I might as well share it on the pod. So I can go first. Um, this is
1: in Nick League phase, right?
0: Yes, correct.
1: Um, and what was? Or sorry, which year was the the draft pick in? Two thousand
0: and twenty-two. So it's this upcoming draft, right? Yeah. And it will be probably, I'm going to ballpark. It's going to be the, well, we're in a 10 team league. So it'll probably be like the eighth pick. I'm going to guess. Right. Maybe the seventh.
1: So I, I almost enjoy, aside from like the Patriots, I enjoy watching college football considerably more than the NFL. Um, and from what I've seen this year and from what I've listened to and what I've read, it sounds like this crop of draft eligible running backs is pretty poor, uh, especially in comparison to the recent years. Um, so knowing your team, um, and just like, uh, for those of you that that don't know. Uh, Jordan has like a super young team and it's pretty rich. I think at least at, uh, the receiver position, or at least it has been like, Jordan, you make trades as often as I change underwear. Um, (laughs) and that's every day for those of you wondering, I change my underwear (laughs) every day. Um, so like, are you, you're still pretty strong at receiver, right?
0: Yeah. Big time. And I'm looking at digs just because I want to. So,
1: right. So you're you'd be probably drafting a receiver anyways um, at the end of the first round. So really, would you trade Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman? Yeah, Mark for Danny, Andrews, Terrace Marshall, Mark, right. you know what I mean? Like When you look at it that way, yeah, it, it seems like a really good deal for you.
0: Especially um, helping
1: make a push, you know? Yeah, so, you know, maybe... When you think, oh, like a first round pick, it's so valuable, this, that, and the other. But A, it's a it's a 10-team league, and it's not a not a super flex. So the the real difference makers at the running back position, especially, they go in a hurry. So you're not going to be getting a you know, a stud, a presumed stud at the running back position. Um, you might be looking at like the third or fourth receiver. Um, maybe if you fall in love with like Spencer Rattler at Q, I don't know, but really, I don't think you're, you're selling yourself too short here. Um, draft day this year, trading Mark Andrews for Rashad Bateman or Terrence Marshall, Elijah Moore, those all would have been slam dunk trades. So I think you did yourself quite well.
0: I love the college input there from Zach. I I knew Zach's a big college fan. So I knew that's where he was going to go with it. I had got some mixed results from a few people I talked to. So I was like, oh, you know what? We'll talk about it and let everybody else kind of know. I think it's important that we share some of our trades and stuff too, you know, because then people kind of get a little insight. We had a lot of messages saying, oh, would you trade this guy for this guy? It's team dependent. So Zach kind of went in there and talked about my team a little bit as well too. But I think uh, it's always fun to kind of share a little bit of our experiences and know sometimes even though we think trade goes one way other people. So I think it's a little, I think it's fun to share those with the people as well too. Talking about uh, how Zach said it's a slam dunk. Uh, you know, I'm going to mention too. if you want to see a slam dunk, you're going to want to head down to limitless gear in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan and find yourself there for their new fall collection. I know I saw on their Instagram, I shared it on our story. Their new flannel with the limitless gear on there is top notch. And I'm definitely gonna be finding myself down there, picking up one of their flannels for the fall season, it's starting to get colder and you have to bundle up. They have a great selection of bunny hugs not to mention their new selection that is rolling in every day. A brand about bettering yourself and believing that possibilities are endless. If you set your mind to it, Limitless Gear Prince Albert Saskatchewan, find yourself down there with their new fall collection.
2: I know that flannel is tight. My wife wants to get one in the worst way, so it it is good.
0: It's nice. They didn't have it in there the last time I was down there. And then I saw on their Instagram, they were putting, I was like, oh my God, that is so freaking nice. Like that, that is like, I will be down there buying that. Like that is nice, <laughs> a nice fly. And then as she actually messaged, she goes, oh my God, that is so nice. And I was like, well, tell Armin, <laughs> tell <laughs> Armin, Limitless Gear Prince of Saskatchewan. So yeah, they got nice stuff. We're, I was actually going to wear my hoodie today, but uh, I ended up just kind of getting back from practice last second and just getting ready to go here. So I threw the hat on, still got the Limitless Gear on, so we're rocking and rolling still. I still got to go get Zach his hoodie so he can be rocking his down in Saskatoon. Looking forward to it. I'm gonna hold um, you to um, it. So let's, uh, let's get going to the next port uh, next portion here. You guys, uh, we're going to get to the Canadian player profile. Uh, last week we did uh JV Holland, Holland, uh, the safety for Miami. Uh, they lost 35, nothing giving up 388 yards in the air and four TDs to both Allen and Matt Barkley. Seeing time in that game as well. Um, I can't remember what the exact line was, but uh, they blew it out of the water. Uh, so we all three sold that one. So we all three uh, get some points. So Zach and Armin are on the board now with one point, and I am in the lead with two points. So I have a one-point lead sitting on both of them. So entering into our Canadian player profile for week three, we're going to be focusing on Josh Palmer from the Los Angeles Chargers. So Palmer was born September 22nd of 1999 in Brampton, Ontario. Uh, He initially attended St. Rock. If I'm pronouncing that correctly, I apologize. If I'm not St. Rock or St. Roche, I apologize. Catholic secondary school uh, where he played basketball, ran track, in addition to playing football as well. Uh, He was named their Junior Athlete of the Year in 10th grade. And then he later did transfer to St. Thomas Aqueous High School in Fort Lauderdale, Florida for his final two years of high school after receiving D1 attention. Uh, He played college for the Tennessee Volunteers for four seasons, uh, collecting 99 receptions for 150, or 1514 yards with 17, or sorry, seven TDs. My goodness. Uh, he entered this past draft at six foot one, 210 pounds, where he was drafted by the Chargers in the third round, 77th overall in this previous draft. Uh, his rookie season so far, uh, he's put up three receptions for 38 yards, but the fantasy community has been focused in on him as a potential high upside. Wide receiver three, because he has been next to the tandem of Mike Williams, who is is has the injury tag attached to his name, but has put up two monstrous weeks back to back. So this week, we're focusing on the Los Angeles Chargers receiving options as a whole week one. They put up three hundred and thirty three or three hundred and thirty seven yards week two. They put up three hundred and thirty eight yards in those in those two weeks right now sitting at fourth in the league for total receiving yards. Uh, This week, we're going to set the bar at 339. So they've got 337, 338. We're going to set the bar at 339. So are they going to beat their season-high receiving yards against Kansas City Chiefs this upcoming week? We will begin with Armand. Armand, do you believe, are you buying or selling for 339 yards against Kansas City?
2: Oh, this one is a really tough one, actually, um, because, you know, they're going to be playing in a high scoring game in KC. Um, It just depends on if Kansas City's defense shows up here. I think I'm going to buy that one, actually, because, you know, the the Chargers don't have an amazing run game. So in order to keep up with the Chiefs, they're going to have to throw a lot in the air. And the Chiefs, have shown that they're a little vulnerable sometimes so uh they'll uh they'll definitely well i think they'll they'll allow that many yards um i also want to say josh palmer i think he is a great nfl talent that is going to end up becoming a great receiver one day here if you watch him at all those college chats do not do him justice he runs so smooth and catches so smooth with his hands high points the ball really well picks it out of the air it's awesome to watch actually
0: I, uh, I was really disappointed. I did not get him in as many of the uh, dynasty rookie drafts as I wanted to. There's a couple of times I got sniped and he was definitely somebody that was on my radar. So I, I agree with you. I think he's got the potential to be a, uh, a household name for sure in, uh, in the NFL community. Zach, buying or selling, what do you figure?
1: Yeah. Like, like Armando said, this one's a little interesting. Um, I think for the chargers to compete and to possibly win the game, they're going to have to keep up with the pace that the chiefs set. Um, But then there's part of me that thinks maybe the chargers try to go a little left field and try to control the clock, maybe a little bit, try to limit the opportunities the chiefs get. Um, But I would say more likely than not uh, the chargers, they have the potential to compete with the chiefs. I think, Um, this is a super important game for the chargers. Um, So I will buy the Chargers surpassing
0: 339 yards through the air. Yeah, this is, uh, (laughs) I've gone back and forth on this one for a little while. I want to buy on the same things, same premise that you guys have been saying, but Kansas City Chiefs defense is pretty legit. Like when you look at the yards given up, they are sitting, they're middle pack of the league, but they're like, played against pretty good teams. Lamar Jackson definitely uh, put up the half decent numbers, like Armin said last week. So I think that might play into those a little bit too. Um, Chiefs are going to come back in a big way, I think. And I this game, you know, this has this reminded me of, this reminds me of, was it 2018 Chiefs first Rams regular season game? Or when they like was like 56-44 finals. <laughs> this it has I, that I think,
2: potential. I think
0: this has that written all over it. And the only way I think that, uh, that they're going to put up 46 points is by... Like you mentioned, putting the ball. Up. So I, I'm gonna buy as well. I was hoping we were gonna maybe have something a little bit alternative here. Maybe just out of like spite, I'll just sell it just so I could try and get a bigger lead. But I think this one's got shootout written all over. So I'm gonna I'm gonna buy this one as well with you guys, fellas. Yeah.
2: You know, that that Kansas City defense, it's just so hot and cold is the thing, right? One game they can just shut down a team that you think would score on them, and then the next week it's they can't stop anything.
0: Yeah, and that's well, before like so I mentioned mention the, how you beat the Chiefs and you slow the clock down and you just try not to give them as many possessions, right? But I don't know, man. It's <laughs> they have like look like at that game. Uh, was it two weeks ago? they were down to Cleveland, and all of a sudden one pass, seventy-six yards to Tyree Kill. It's like it doesn't matter. They don't need clock. They can score just on repeat. So yeah, it'll be an interesting to watch for sure. Um, heading into this one, you guys, we are going to uh, we are going to go into the upcoming week uh, weekly preview we change this up a little bit just to mix things up um, and maybe get a little more detail into specific players um so we are going to move away from starts of the week at every position uh, instead we're going to have armand he is going to give you giving us our streaming quarterback of the week and then we'll all share a start of the week and a sit of the week uh, for our weekly preview okay so without further ado uh, Armand is going to be giving us his Armand full stream ahead stream of the week. So Armand, who is your stream of the week?
2: All right. So uh, Jordan put a little bug in my ear before the podcast saying that I should pick Sam Darnold. But, uh, you know, I, I didn't listen to him. Um, I don't know uh, why I'm I'm pivoting this way, but I, I I got a feeling about it. And I also looking at history so far this year. And I just think he's more likely to be on waivers for you to pick up as well this this week than than good old Sammy boy. So I went with Daniel Jones for our full stream ahead this week at the quarterback position. Now he's put up around 250 yards per week. He's get only done one passing TD per week, but he's also shown that he's rushing the ball a little bit more. You look at his fantasy points for In each game, he put up 21 and 29 fantasy points. And that's against um, the Denver Broncos and Washington Redskins, who are both considered pretty high-end defenses. And this week, he is matched up against Atlanta, which is probably the worst defense in the league. So you put that two together, and Daniel Jones should be able to put up good fantasy numbers and if atlanta gets their act together here and starts uh scoring a little bit more of their own we could see a little mini shootout there and daniel jones could reap the benefits of it um not to mention as well saquon is still being acquainted back or acquaintance back into the offense there um and they're uh they haven't brought barkley fully back into the fold yet um, so this week, uh, anticipate a little bit more Barkley again than last the week before, and that could help open things up for Jones as well.
0: I'm just curious on who this Washington Redskins team is that you mentioned <laughs> <laughs> must be a high school
1: team. Yeah. Never heard
0: yeah. Of what's bad, that, what's that school called that fake to a high school team? And they got pumped by the high school team. Oh, Bishop something. Sycamore Bishop, yeah, Bishop Sycamore. Sycamore. Yeah. Yeah. That's the wa- Bishop Sycamore versus Washington Redskins. That's
1: my favorite story of the, of the year. Like oh, they had, they had Juco transfers on that team. They had like, Oh, it was, it was just too funny. And, and, and then the, the ESPN <laughs> staff were just like, we're just like mid game talking about how they're just finding out now that this school is like a,
0: <laughs> just a joke. Yeah. I saw the jokes. It was like Monte Teo's girlfriend went to Bishop Sycamore. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal, oh man, that's good stuff. Um, sorry, Armin, I just had to go on a tangent there. It Just made me laugh. I I don't mind it. I mean, he's kind of in a put up shut up kind of season this year too. You know, like there's rumors that he could be losing his job coming this upcoming draft. So, um, tough loss for them this past week. Uh, but who uh, who knows? Maybe this upcoming week he can get things going and keep putting up some numbers for your fantasy team. So, um, uh, starts of the week. Let's start with uh Zach. Zachary, your start of the week.
1: All right. So I drafted Cortland Sutton in a number of drafts as my wide receiver three or you know, wide receiver four in some spots. Um coming back from that injury at the beginning of last year. Um, he was a little slow week one, but uh this past week with Judy um on IR, Sutton. Reacquainted himself to the starting lineup in Denver, um, posting a stat line of 12 targets, nine receptions, and 159 receiving yards. Uh, He played in 77% of the snaps, and he received 35% of the targets in Denver. Um, That alone should give you all the confidence in the world you need. Um, And if that doesn't uh, move the needle enough, Sutton and the Broncos are going up against the New York Jets. Um, and the reason why I picked this as a start um, is today, as, as I was going through my roster, as I was going uh, through the waiver wires, um, I saw that Yahoo has the Jets listed as a um, the 30th uh, passing defense which is not what you want to see. You don't want to go against the 30th passing defense. It's a bad matchup on Yahoo. Um, But I dove in a little bit deeper, and the Jets have played the Panthers, and they've played the Pats. Um, Without going into too much detail, neither team is exactly an offensive juggernaut at this point in the year, which means the Jets haven't given up many scores or uh, yards through the air. Um, so using Yahoo's algorithm, I think that's just kind of giving a, a bad look or giving a good look to the Jets defense. Um, but I am certainly starting Sutton with confidence against the New York Jets. Um, the Pats wide receivers are not as talented as Sutton and they had you know mild success with a rookie quarterback getting a second NFL start. So I would start Sutton with confidence and I would expect a similar amount of targets, and uh, if he gets those similar amount of targets, look for, you know, seven to ten receptions for similar similar yardage to what he had um,
0: this past week. Absolutely, thanks, oh man! if he can just get himself fully healthy and have that bounce back, like you mentioned, you're going to be reaping the rewards because you are definitely on the on the Cortland Sutton comeback train. So, uh, Armand. Your start of the week,
2: all right. I went with Marvin Jones Jr. here. Um, he's put up an average of about 15 fantasy points per week, and you probably picked him up super cheap in your drafts. And he is showing that you can plug him into the lineup as your wide receiver three and not have to worry. Okay, so just continue with that trend because um, even in that disastrous week for the Jaguars offense and Trevor Lawrence. He still put up the 14.5 fantasy points. He is the highest targeted wide receiver on that offense. He is slowly earning the trust of Trevor Lawrence, showing that Trevor Lawrence trusts him above the other receivers to catch the ball for him. And his matchup this week is their easiest matchup as far as defense goes. Um, They're against Arizona this week. So they're going to be in a negative game script because you know Arizona is going to score the ball on them, but they also don't have the defense that Denver has. So you should see uh, the Jaguars be able to move the ball and keep possessions rolling a little bit longer, which would will only help Marvin Jones Jr. out. So just keep rolling with that Marvin Jones
0: Jr. train if you have been. I'm uh, I'm gonna jump on board with the starts of the week all at the wide receiver positions. I didn't realize we were all doing that. So <laughs> my start of the week's a wide receiver as well too here. So uh, I'm gonna jump on board with the wide receiver train, and my start of the week is with heavy hearts uh, as my as my uh, my my guy I guess Deontay Johnson on the last play of the game got injured. His timeline is still very questionable. There's reports that it was really, really bad. There's some reports that it's like, okay, he's making progress. He's good, but not great. So there's all kinds of reports up in the air right now. So Deontay Johnson's status is in question. I highly, highly doubt that he plays this upcoming week against Cincinnati. Uh, so I'm going to be starting with confidence Juju Smith-Schuster uh, because of a couple of reasons. One, you may look at the defense of Cincinnati this past week and say, oh my goodness, they only had 100 uh Receiving yards against them. How can you say that? Well, it was Andy Dalton with 56 yards and Justin Fields with 60. Um, So not the elite quarterback you might be going against, especially with a team that was thrown into an injured position and likes to run the ball. Not to mention, go back week one, where you look at Kirk Cousins, who is not a uh, assassin by any means, but put up 351 yards and two TDs against them in their overtime loss. So they definitely have some holes that you can... Uh, Definitely fine in the defense of the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, And uh, the other report is that right now, Ben Roethlisberger is dealing with a sore tight pectoral muscle. Uh, He does not sling the ball down the field much uh, anymore to begin with since the shoulder injury. So you can expect a lot of short, quick targets. And without Deontay Johnson in there, who's next up with those short targets is Juju Smith-Schuster. So he may not have the big breakaway 100-yard touchdown, but you can expect him to be hyper-targeted in this upcoming week. So if you had drafted Juju Smith-Schuster late in your drafts, uh, in that ninth, 10th round maybe, if you're as fortunate as Zach in Scott Fishbowl, I think you can definitely fire up Juju with uh, high confidence against the Cincinnati Bengals this week. So Juju Smith-Schuster is my start of the week. Um. Going into our Sits of the Week. So this is our new part, you guys. Uh, We're going to be giving a a little bit of advice of maybe somebody that we just aren't confident with, or maybe that you should maybe be sitting this week because we're expecting some low numbers. Uh, So this is a little bit different for us. So we'll get into our Sits of the Week, and we will start it off with Zach. So let's hear your sit of the Week this week, Zach. So
1: I am going to sit Devin Singletary. Running back for the Bills against the Washington football team. Um, the past two weeks, Singletary has put up like solid RB two numbers. Um, I believe he's surpassed uh ten and a half points both weeks. Um, and as somebody that was probably drafted as your running back two, maybe running back three, um, those are those are passable numbers. Um, I think his time in the sun has come and gone, though, um, because in week one, the Bills did not dress Zach Moss, and it was the Singletary show. In week two, they dressed Moss, and he played, or rather he received eight uh, rush attempts, but two of those went for touchdowns in the red zone. And if you're not a feature prominent back, Red zone touches uh, really rule the day. Uh, Those are easy or easier opportunities for you to put up points and for Moss to get those touches inside the red zone uh, is really a big blow to the potential scoring output of Singletary. Um, So I think going forward, it's going to be very difficult to guess or predict who's going to get those touches in the red zone. Um, so that scares me away from Singletary, but this week, especially going against Washington, their defense that front seven is exceptional, loaded with first round draft capital. Um, so I'm just gonna stay away from Singletary and in the one league where I have Zach Moss, definitely staying away from him as well.
0: Yeah, couldn't agree with you more. That Washington front seven is legit. Uh, Armand, your set of the week all right i am going to pivot a little bit away from what you guys were saying earlier
2: in the podcast and i'm going with david montgomery as my sit of the week um i'm a little worried about him going up about against the cleveland browns he has never shown to be the guy who is the big difference maker he is a steady eddie running back so far in his career he can put up some ppr points um but uh I'm I'm saying that if, like, this isn't like sit him, sit him if you have no other RB, but if you got three competent RBs, I'd, I'd start two and then put a receiver in that third slot because he's not going to be lighting the world on fire this week. Um, his floor might still stay kind of high, but uh, he is definitely not putting up a big game against this Cleveland front, I think.
0: Yeah, I'm still starting them. <laughs> One, because I have confidence in him. Two, because in another league, I just don't have any other options. So I will be still starting him. I think uh, that, I that's just... the
1: spot where you're where you're in with Montgomery. Um, chances are he's not uh not an RB three. Um so you, you almost gotta start him unless you can pull off some waiver wire waiver wire magic sure. like Armand has and you get Taysom Williams, or maybe you you take a shot on Sony Michelle, get him off waivers this week, and then turns out Henderson's gone for for Sunday. You know, maybe in a case like that, roll the dice. But I think, unless you have better options, like you said, Armand, I think guys are just going to be forced to to stick it out.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's why I had to give that little warning disclaimer. there disclaimer. Because- Yeah. Disclaimer.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, My sit of the week is fresh off a big performance uh, and is the wide receiver from the Las Vegas Raiders, Henry Ruggs. So a early round draft pick of the 2020 draft going as the pick number 12 to Las Vegas, Henry Ruggs had a rough rookie season. Uh, So a lot of people were looking at maybe having Henry Ruggs be a breakout candidate this year and become the wide receiver one in the building. But at the end of the day, it does not matter because regardless whether he is the wide receiver one or the wide receiver two, it really doesn't matter because that is not who that team runs through. The, um, sorry, the, I almost said Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders really run through tight end extraordinaire Darren Waller. So even though Darren Waller did have a tough week, that might be part of the reason why you're looking at um, Henry Ruggs is having a huge week. In week one, Henry Ruggs had two receptions for 46 yards and had a touchdown called back in overtime. Okay, so for what you can remember, Henry Ruggs, everybody thought Henry Ruggs had scored the overtime winner, did not. And then the craziness that was the end of week one. Uh, going into week two, Henry Ruggs had a big week of putting up five receptions for 113 yards and one score. Uh, I think he ended up putting, what was his numbers? 20, yeah, 20 points, I think, on the dot in most formats. So a big week from Henry Ruggs and you should not be looking at him to repeat those numbers. Even though they are playing against the Dolphins this upcoming week, which the Buffalo Bills just ripped apart, you've got to look at a couple things beyond the stat line. So um, Brian Edwards had, I think, not one, but I think two touchdowns called back, if I'm not mistaken. Or I can't remember exactly how it all shook down, but there's two big plays that were called back that ended up Ruggs getting a score right after. Uh, so looking at big, if you will take away that touchdown and his big monster's reception, you're looking at a stat line from Henry Ruggs of like four receptions for 40 yards and no score. About the same as what he put up the week prior. We would have been instead of a 5.6, would have been around that 7.8, 8.2 range. So I mean, okay, not winning you a week by any means, um maybe even hurting you depending on who you sat but now i think a lot of people are looking at henry ruggs now putting up a huge week and saying okay he is the wide receiver two option well look at the numbers that darren waller put up this past week five receptions for 65 yards one of darren waller's worst weeks he's had for a long duration of time by looking at waller to bounce back in a big way he is the target hog he is their number one receiving option henry ruggs is the secondary at best behind receivers that are taking the undershots like Hunter Renfro or uh, also 2020 draft breakout, uh, Brian Edwards, who I further mentioned as the had a touchdown called back. So you look at those guys, I don't really want too many parts of them. If anything, I'm going to be hard, uh, hard after Waller and kind of passing on everybody else uh, unless you're in a PPR format where I'd be kind of very happy to start Hunter Renfro in a pinch. So if you are looking at Henry Ruggs right now, I would not only be looking to sit him, I'd also be looking at trying to trade him high off a monstrous week. So sit him or trade him if you can. Uh, I traded him before the season even started, so I didn't <laughs> even get a read through of the 20 points, but as uh, Zach had mentioned, I enjoy trades. So, um, Wrapping this thing up here, fellas, anything to mention before we get to Zach and his uh, upset of the week? Zach, unfortunately, I will say you are one and one. <laughs> you had your game; it was close. It was, yeah. I uh, I was watching that one actually quite closely. I was hoping Zach gonna go two for two. <laughs> no, one for two. It's all right. One and one on the season. We're looking at week three, Zach. So, who is your upset of the week? So,
1: uh, my upset pick of the week will be the Green Bay Packers beating the San Francisco 49ers as three-and-a-half-point underdogs. Um, So, to begin, both of these teams have rather poor defenses. Uh, The 49ers have the sixth-worst run defense, while the Packers have the fourth-worst run defense. And for the passing game, both teams are in the middle of the pack, I believe, 16th and 19th, respectfully. Um, So I'm looking forward to seeing, hopefully, quite a few points. uh, That's what most of us like to see, especially in the fantasy realm. Um, Unfortunately, though, both offenses have been inconsistent to this point in the season. Um, However, last night, we saw the potential that the Packers have on offense and I am looking for the Packers to potentially overwhelm the Niners defense. Um, Aaron Rodgers, throughout his career, has you know, usually played quite well against the 49ers. Um, we've talked all offseason um, about how spiteful and petty Rodgers is. And going back to draft night in 2005, maybe, when the Niners passed on Rodgers and took Alex Smith. I don't think that burn has ever left Rodgers. Um, so looking forward to seeing him porching the Niners uh, potentially this Sunday. But I wouldn't be surprised if just like last night, Aaron Jones rules the day and carries the Packers to a upset of the 49ers in beautiful picturesque candlestick park.
0: Or what used to be called Candlestick yeah, Park, I believe. Used to be, yeah. It's, it's a like Levi Stadium, right? Yeah, I think so. I was just going to say, I can't remember exactly, remember, but um, any consideration for the Lions upsetting Baltimore, Zach? Um, I saw that
1: <laughs> one and I kept scrolling. Um, that, that's about it.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Like I said, I'm just going to maybe I'll hit on one of them eventually. And that's how I'll get rich. Yeah. <laughs> put, yeah. Put 10 bucks on every single one. Eventually they'll hit, I hope unreal yeah I think I like this one actually this one this one to me I was shocked when I saw San Francisco as favorites let alone by three and a half uh I was quite shocked so I I actually like this pick quite a bit especially when in the uh the big way that's San San Francisco the way big way that Green Bay bounced back they did have a bit of a rough start to that game on the Monday nighter but I think that uh that second half definitely isolated it's like those those two passes by Aaron Rodgers were just ridiculous that's That 1-2 Devontae Adams deep, I think it's for like a 60 yard on like third and 10 was insane. Like he just literally dropped it over his shoulder. And then that needle he threw to Robert Tunyon in the end zone was just stupid. I Uh, will
1: say, um, the travel from green Bay to San Francisco, um, I'm sure is, is challenging in the way of time zones and the time difference. Um, as well as having a, a shorter week. That could be that could be one of the reasons yeah uh, for this spread. But I, I do agree with you this afternoon when I was uh quickly putting this together um during my lunch break, I again I had to go and I had to reread what uh the who's the favorite and who's the underdog, what is the minus and what does plus mean when it comes to picking games. <laughs> because I was like this this
0: can't be right. Like am I Am i doing this again. So expert. He's an expert, folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I like I actually could have put money where the mouth is on that one, Zach. I like that one a lot. So I'm expecting to see us two and one entering week four here. I sure I think, hope so.
2: <laughs> I think you got a shot anytime Green Bay's the underdog to take the, the risk on them.
0: Yeah. I and uh, maybe I
1: that it. might be one of my steadfast rules.
0: Just like Green Bay's Green Bay's the <laughs> the underdog, you take them. Yeah.
1: In Rogers, I trust.
0: Exactly. <laughs> anything, uh, anything else to add here, fellas, before you wrap this bad boy up. Uh, for all of our sakes, let's hope no more
1: QBs get hurt. Otherwise, we're gonna be starting Brian Hoyer and uh David Mills in the playoffs. So, yeah, nobody wants that. <laughs> no,
0: not at all. Yeah, um, same as always. I think Zach mentioned this one in week one. Uh, make sure that if you have a Thursday nighter. Probably unlikely, judging by who's playing on the Thursday nighter, uh, especially when you're looking, well, I mean, you probably don't have any of the Houston options, but you can definitely be loading up with the Christian McCaffreys and the, and a couple other options there, maybe from Carolina, but make sure you do not have them in your flex. Make sure you put them in your starting lineup uh, just to give you some flexibility entering into the rest of the week. Uh, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for listening to episode number 20 of the Three or Six Fantasy Football Podcast like share and subscribe to us not only on our youtube and podcast platforms but our social media platforms as well as we continue to throw up uh some good content on especially instagram Uh, i know both of us uh we have some good twitter handles as well too if you want to follow some twitter uh but regardless we appreciate uh we appreciate the love and the subscriptions and the follows and the kind words everything comes from uh all those platforms so good luck in your week three everybody Uh, that'll do it for episode 20 take care everybody and good luck talk soon